This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 368 with Liza Harper. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 368. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Liza Harper is a shameless mom to three daughters, a divorce coach, and a lover of personal growth and meditation, and has a passion for helping other women break through divorce. She has helped many through coaching and development in the corporate world for over 17 years, and now shares these same skills and life experience to help women navigate divorce and live their new beginning. As a twice-divorced single mom of three, she knows firsthand how scary divorce can be. With the right tools, time, and allowance of love and acceptance of where you are, creating your new beginning is right on the horizon, and she is there to help you get there and live by your design. Listen in to hear Liza share her experience of weathering two different divorces while raising small children, how to navigate the post-divorce learning curve to rebuild a life and redefine new boundaries, why you should get excited about forgiveness and the magic behind it, how to navigate co-parenting with a partner who is stuck in a highly emotional, highly reactive space, and the evolution of the stigma around divorce and why she completely owns her two divorces and three children of three different relationships rather than hiding behind them. Liza is a super fun, engaging guest, and she also just brings a lot of really positive energy to something that 
one could maybe have a lot of stigma around or feel really sensitive to. And I love that she lives her story out loud and she's sharing really openly what life has been like for her as she's navigated two divorces with really different circumstances and raising three daughters from three different relationships and just what that all looks like and how she's at a place of peace and a place of power at this point in her life and helping other women find the same. So with all that said, I cannot wait to share with you Shameless Mom, Liza Harper. Liza Harper, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited as well. This is going to be so fun. I have to tell everyone, I'm going to out you for a second. Mm. Liza was telling me in our pre-interview that she was meditating to try to calm herself down because she's so excited. And I was like, no, 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 bring the energy. This is what my people want. I was. I was so excited. I've loved the Shameless Mom Academy. I've loved you, Sarah, for so long that I'm so excited to share all my experience with your listeners and be able to really let these women break through divorce. It's so important. We can do this, people. (laughs) Totally, totally. Oh, I'm super excited as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life right now beyond your bio. And what are you most excited about? So there's a couple of things. I'm really, really excited um, and loving working as a divorce coach and helping women power through divorce and seeing the other side. Um, That's definitely one of my highlights currently. Another thing on the personal side is I just came back from an amazing trip in Positano, Italy, which was life-changing. I took myself as a single mom and I chose to give myself the gift of pleasure and the experience of traveling overseas. And it was just amazing. I've also, yeah, so crazy and, but awesome. I've also just uprooted my life and sold my house and moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. So that has also been a big change for us, but exciting. Where did you move from? So we moved from a different part of Phoenix, which is kind of more of a suburban part. And now we're in the heart of everything. Okay. So it's been a change for us as a family, but such a wonderful dynamic to be close to everything, shopping and just in the heart of it all. Nice. And just a downsize, right? It's like yeah. simplifying our lives as well. And also big on my list right now is I just sent a daughter to college just <gasps> a, a month ago. Oh my so gosh. That's crazy. So for anyone who is doing this for the first time, I'm with you because <laughs> no one preps you for this. It was one of the hardest experiences to go through, but also one of the most gratifying because you get to see your hard work as a parent really come to fruition when your child is off and doing their own thing and thriving, you know, and it's, it is, I think as a parent, it has really taught me how all these small things that we do as they're growing allows them to be fantastic adults. So know that everything you're doing, everything, and even the things you think that are mistakes are still things that they're picking up on and they are working through that and creating their own lives through it. So it's pretty amazing. I actually know a few people taking kids to college this year, a couple of friends and one of my cousins, and I've Mm -hmm. been watching the journey and I've been noticing this theme of how moms try to make it not be about them, but also they can't help themselves because all the things you said, like you 
take so much ownership and responsibility for this person that you have helped bring up into the world in a certain way, but then you also want to let them own this experience and the transition. And so it's this delicate balance of like, I want to be in it with you, but I also want to let it be your own thing. But also like, Uh do you see all the work I did as a mom? Mm -hmm. So, so true. And you still want to be supportive, but at the same time you want them to be thoughtful and you want them to be safe, but then you also can't really be involved too much in their growing up portion now because now they're on their own and they need to make their own decisions. So you kind of need them to make their own mistakes. So it is, it's a very delicate balance. And I'm grateful that she's close. She's in LA. So for us, it's about a five hour drive or an hour flight, but it definitely has changed the dynamic a little bit, but in a good way, because I think she now sees that I see her as more of an adult. So then she takes a lot more ownership of the things that she needs to take care of in school and in her home, in her dorm. And she's really doing great. So it's it's good. It's all good. And remind me, so you have a 17 year old daughter and Mm -hmm. also a younger one. I do actually have three daughters. So I have a Oh, I forgot that. And you did tell me that when we met in person months and months ago. Okay, go ahead. So tell me the other two. So my other two, I have an uh, 11-year-old who was in the sixth grade. And then I also have a little boo that's five who just started kindergarten. So all my babies Goodness, all these transitions. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy but amazing all at the same time. Because having a five-year-old enter into kindergarten and a 17-year-old who just went to college, it's a completely different. And then my little one in the middle that's like, what's going on? (laughs) So Why is mommy crying all the time? Right. (laughs) Dropping kids off at college and kindergarten (laughs) and crying. (laughs) And she's like, what happened? I'm just going into sixth grade. Like It's just middle school, mom. It's not a big deal. I'm like, you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) It is so, so true. So, so true. Yeah. So let's dive into, and actually this kind of can stem right from the, your ages of your kids and Mm -hmm. three children you have. So I know you've been through two divorces. So presumably two marriages as well. Then. So yes. tell us about the dynamics of your kids. Were they all from one marriage? Were they across the two? Talk about that a little bit. And then tell us about your journeys through divorce. I know that you have been through two divorces that were really different experiences. And mm-hmm. so can you share a little bit about what those experiences were like? Absolutely. So actually I have three daughters and my first daughter was actually from a high school boyfriend okay. um, in first year of college. And then, so her and I were just her and I until she was about four. And then I met my first husband. And when I met my first husband, him and I got married. And then he essentially became the father figure for my oldest daughter. And then we also then decided to bring a second daughter into our lives. And so therefore I had my second daughter. And in the midst of all of that, when she was about eight months old is when we decided to move to Arizona. So... Going back through, you know, answering your question through the divorces, the first divorce was definitely something that was not expected. Um, My first husband and I, I thought, had a fantastic relationship. And then when we moved to Arizona, he decided to be unfaithful. And so that was a decision that he made. And it was gut-wrenching. And for any listener that's on here right now going through their own piece of this, know that I have been there 
and I understand and know exactly what you're feeling right now when in one moment you're pissed off, the next moment you're sad, the next moment you're like, what the heck? You know, and you just don't navigating these emotions of this upheaval, as I remember it, is it can be really difficult. And so it was really hard for me at first to be able to figure out what did I want to do? And for me, you know, helping my clients through this was one of those things like, okay, we have to figure out where we are right now and where do we want to go next? And Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing, but that's part of it. It's like where we are right this second. And so that divorce itself was just very, very tumultuous. And we ended up having quite a bit of difficult times. But throughout that divorce and after I decided to separate from him and I met my soon to be second husband. So James and I, we met and it was a rapid relationship and we got married really quickly. So I had two marriages within, gosh, 10 years ish. So there was a theme there that definitely in the hindsight, I needed to really take a look at. So having those two different kinds of divorces, again, going back to my first divorce, you know, my first husband was pissed. He was so upset because he really wanted me to go ahead and forgive him. He thought, well, why aren't you just going to be okay with me cheating and moving forward? And I could not do that. And so therefore, even though we were completely intertwined with our business, so therefore we worked together. I, yeah, it was very, very difficult. I made a decision right there as I looked at both my children and said, I am not going to be part of this. I need to do what's best for these two girls because they're looking at me. Mm -hmm. They're looking at everything that I'm doing. And if I chose at that moment to go ahead and look the other way, what would that say to my two daughters that I'm going to send out to the world? Right. Does that make it okay for someone to treat them in that way? It does if I were to not do anything. Now, again, just to kind of make sure I'm clear, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't come back from infidelity. Some people can. Some people can go through counseling and it can work for them. And you know what? That's amazing. And I'm glad that that can work for people. But I believe in that, just like any marriage also, it requires both people Mm -hmm. to want to do that. And my ex-husband at the time he didn't really want to work things out because he was sorry. He wanted to work things out so that it wouldn't be shamed. Mm. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, 
you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. So there was a very different feeling state in that. And I didn't want to just sweep it under the rug and nothing be fixed in that way. Like we weren't really actually diving into the bigger picture. We were really just like putting a bandaid on it. Yeah. And that didn't feel good. So there I was, I had two babies and I decided that I was going to do this on my own. And so I did. And it was difficult, but I found ways of being able to take the steps. And I literally just sat down and said, okay, what do I need to do first? I need to find an apartment. What I need to do second? I need to make sure my job supports my bills. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do third? And it was literally this breaking down of steps and then going through the emotional piece. So the first divorce in itself really taught me how to deal with a person who was unreasonable and really be able to take a step back and how to lead with love. This took a lot of time. So I'm not telling everyone that it's <laughs> it doesn't happen be... like on the second day. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not sunshine and rainbows. This was a long journey. But the first step I took was choosing me. Mm. That was the first step. And I think for anyone who's going through that, it's almost the hardest step because we're so used to as moms, especially, and as wives, doing for others. Yeah. Whether we're doing for our husbands, whether we're doing for our parents, whether we're doing for our children, we forget about us. We forget about what makes us happy and what that looks like. And so going on to my second divorce, though, right, my second divorce, I also was in this realm of everything's great. Everything's fantastic. But did I ever heal my betrayal from my first marriage? No. Mm. I completely jumped into my second relationship thinking this will heal me. This will be great. I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, this person's going to love me and it's going to be fantastic and I'm going to love them, but I'm just, we're not just not going to talk about it. We won't talk about the fact that, you know, there was mistrust in my first relationship. We won't talk about the fact that there's betrayal. We won't talk about the fact that I'm still really hurting and I'm not really sure, you know, is it my fault that he cheated? And I had all these emotions. So we just won't talk about it. And then, yeah, and then what happens is, you know, you bring all of that stuff. And I did, without even knowing it, brought all of this stuff to my second relationship. 
And I think we both at the time, you know, needed each other at that point. And, you know, we rapidly started dating. We rapidly got married. And then I think we both had a moment where we were like, we're not sure if this is going to work. And then there was also the added friction of my first husband really creating quite a bit of turmoil Mm. with the company and everything. I mean, he made my life the most difficult that it has ever been in my entire life because he was so angry. And like I mentioned, you know, that narcissist behavior where it's all about them. They don't care. They just see red and they just go for revenge and they just do their, what they need to do. And regrettably, he could not see that hurting me was hurting his daughter. Mm-hmm. And for him, he just kept going and going. And it took a very long time for us to get to a place where I needed to forgive him. But again, that's way down the line. So, and myself, oh my gosh, it was crazy. So my second divorce, you know, we really had gotten to a point where things were not as great as we would both have hoped them to be. And we were great friends, but there was just something missing in that dynamic of marriage. We saw life a little bit differently. And we were, I think, kind of both coming to this place without knowing we were both coming to this place because we also didn't communicate very well. Mm. So, and then, however, life threw another twist at us and we got pregnant with my littlest daughter, Scarlett. Mm. So when that happened, I still remember that day when I, as a mom, was so excited and he was like, it literally looked like, oh shoot, what happens now? Oh, no. <laughs> However, you know, we went through that pregnancy. We got through the first year about her first birthday and there was still this friction. There was a lot of things happening with the company. The company ended up dissolving. So that was added stress financially for us because there was a specific income level that we were used to that was no longer there. I was pregnant. There was all these things that we had my first husband throwing in things with court orders and this and that. I mean, there was stuff coming at all angles Mm. and we just didn't problem solve well together. We just didn't. And so one day he said, you know, I, in the middle of an argument, he was like, I want a divorce. I can't do this. And I remember that moment. It was so interesting too, is that that moment was almost harder, which was interesting, almost harder than when my first husband said he had cheated. Wow. And I think for me, it was the fact that now someone is choosing not to be with me and like Mm. choosing that they just fell out of love with me. And I was like, oh, my God, it's about me, you know, so. so And that's really different than the dynamic of the first one where you were the person making the choice. Right. So the roles had flipped. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. And so having that dynamic where I was like, oh, shoot, like, this is this is it. And um, so it really made me take a look inside. And that, I feel, was the epitome of my journey. Like, that Mm -hmm. is what started me on this journey and this passion of helping other women and myself get through this and know that we can. So that's kind of where it happened in a nutshell. So. You say there's a huge learning curve post-divorce, which you've alluded to already. So talk about what that learning curve looked like for you and what it looks like for women kind of at large and what Mm -hmm. tools and skills are needed to navigate that time. You know, the biggest learning curve for me and for, I think, for most women is we come from 
now this partnership that was an everyday partnership or involved in every single decision. It's now not just about you, but it's about your husband and or spouse. It's about your kids. Like there's this big decision-making thing or thread, but then you step outside of that and now you've decided to create two loving households, hopefully. And now you get to choose what you want. And I can't tell you enough how many people and how many women I run into or that I have you know, encountered that say, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. And speaking from experience, I too came out of my divorce and especially the second one when I really got that chance to heal and look inward. I was like, I don't even know what I like to do. What do I like to do? Because all I quote unquote liked to do had to do with him. You know, what did he want to watch on TV? What would make him happy? What would make the kids happy? What would make them not cry, right? And because we think about, you know, as their babies or what would make them, everyone else happy. So my first thought as far as the learning curve is taking the time to really think about what do you want, which is something we as parents, as mothers, wives, we just don't think about regularly. So that was a big hurdle for me. And also boundaries, right? As a mom, we barely have boundaries, usually, sometimes, right? Unless we get to that (laughs) point, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but like my kids are like, you're in the bathroom? Oh, that's fine. Let me me keep talking to you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. My son son who requires (laughs) privacy, but gives me none. That's right. Isn't that so funny? Oh my gosh. I could be off because your son and my little daughter are almost the same age. And that is so funny. She said to me the other day, mom, I need privacy. And I looked at her and said, when is mommy going to get privacy? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But you know, so setting those boundaries, that was a huge learning curve for me as well, because we're not also, yes, now, and we're joking when we talk about our children, right? But now with those new ex-spouses, so now, because our relationships are now evolving, now they're changing. Those husbands and our spouses are no longer part of that everyday decision. Right Now, you know, if you want to have spaghetti for dinner, you get to have spaghetti for dinner and he doesn't even need to know about it. Right. I mean, and that's like a really small thing, but you'll be surprised. You know, when I mention that, it's like, oh, I never even thought that that's what I do. Yeah. Right. I like care about what this other person wants rather than what I want, you know, also setting the boundaries as far as like how you're going to run your home and your household. Like there has to be, you know, you want to create a cohesiveness, but again, you get to decide what that looks like. Right. You know, so there was a couple of things, you know, as I was thinking about also is that the other really big life skill that I had to learn and practice for me was also, and I think this will help for everyone going through it, it's just keeping your eye focused on one step at a time, not knowing the full picture right away. You know, I always, you know, say to myself, you know, I just need to know the first 200 feet. That's it. Like that's all you need to know. And as this big thing, because we look at divorce as such a big shift in our world, which it is, you know, really taking it one step at a time, I believe helped me quite a bit. And so just honing that skill was huge for me as well. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense, especially as you navigate the unknown, because there's so many levels to the unknown. Like you don't know how your children are going to cope. You don't know 
how your partner is going to manage or your co-parent is going to manage things. Like there's all these Mm -hmm. layers to it. So yeah, I totally agree. It's funny. I'm thinking about so much of like the business coaching that I hear and see is like, don't live five minutes in front of your face. Like, you know, be more strategic than that. And this is the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in the here and now and don't plan too far out because you don't know. Um, it's so true yeah yeah so yeah it's like it's reverse coaching (laughs) right this is the complete opposite for you (laughs) right 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 okay so I want to talk about you referenced forgiveness earlier and I think that Mm -hmm. this is something that's just I mean I think forgiveness is a really intriguing topic in so many situations and it's something Mm -hmm. that all of us can relate to in terms of you know probably struggling with it or having relationships where maybe partners have struggled with it or family members, et cetera. So I'm curious in this context, what forgiveness looked like after each of your divorces and how do you coach women around forgiveness and around how they can approach that? So this, I have to tell you, is my favorite. Like, this is like what I call I love that you're enthusiastic. Song. I feel like everyone else would be like, oh, oh. forgiveness. No, like- <laughs> and you're all fired up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm like so fired up. You have no idea. Like, because this is the secret sauce and this is the part where people do their best to resist, but this is where the magic happens. And this is why divorce, it brings up all of these crazy emotions, right? We've got rejection, loss, anger to the person who hurt you to yourself at times, you know, because it's all the crap, right? Like it's all those emotions. And then in the midst of those emotions, we forget about the love. Mm -hmm. We forget about what brought us together in the first place. We forget about the kids. If there are children who are watching all of this, right? Mm -hmm. They're visual, they're seeing everything. They're taking it all in. And then we forget about their emotions. We forget about, you know, all of the things that they're thinking and how they're going to react to it. And then, you know, we tend to focus on who's going to win, who's going to stomp their feet the loudest, who's going to be the one that's going to roar and, you know, really make this impact. But if we really take a minute, close our eyes and strip away the hurt one layer at a time, strip away the pain. Oop, that hurt. I know. I know. Another layer we can strip away the anger And I know that that's a sticky one for everybody. But what do we really have left? At the end of that, all we have is love, is what brought us together. And so if we can see that other person outside of all of the stuff that's around it, and so if we can see that person, like as the observer, we can see that other person come outside of the situation. It was just two people that loved each other that maybe for whatever reason, the timing of their relationship has now expired and it's time to move forward to the next chapter. So once we are able to see that through the hurt and through the pain, right? And really forgive those pieces as humans and as souls, it is amazing what forgiveness can do to a relationship. Because I love everyone. that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. Yeah. So I love this. And I'm curious because I think if you have two willing parties, yes, mm-hmm. totally. It makes sense. Yep. Yep. What if you have one person who's ready to move on and another person who is still filled with anger and rage and resentment and maybe struggling mm-hmm. with narcissism and those kinds of things? And then how can you, just as a human yep. being who's being treated horribly, potentially, mm-hmm. how do you 
forgive and go back to that place of like, we're just two people that loved each other one time and now we need to move forward. And like, it sounds really great, but Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's really challenging. And I think that that was your experience in your first Oh, divorce. yes, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yes. And I think that that's part of my experience and my story is that I've had these very two different divorces and I've navigated both of them really well to be here. So, yes, in my first divorce, totally, it was very difficult to get to this place, to get to a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So when we were, now he was consistently in a place of turmoil, always, always. And then 2015, so James and I had separated, my second husband, we had separated. And, you know, uh, my first husband and I were still at odds consistently, but I never, you know, I never incorporated my daughter. So, you know, tried to minimize any effect on her at all. I never talked negatively about him or anything like that. So really to make sure that their relationship was still clear and, But what I did with him was that I really just decided, so I made a decision to see him for who he was versus, now this was huge for me, the potential of what I wanted him to be. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm. So what that means is he's angry. He's hurt. And he was upset. And so I met him there. And I said, I remember distinctly just calling him and saying, listen, I know that you're upset. I know that you're hurt. And I know that you really wish that things would be different. But this is where we are. And we can either continue to go down this path where there's a consistent resistance between us or... We can choose now to now decide to parent 
in a way that we can work together where our child who's getting older and who can see everything and hear everything and visualize everything to understand that she has two parents that love each other or that love her and that loved each other at one point. And then I let him make the decision. Now, at this point, you know, it wasn't, again, all roses and sunshines. But what I did was I one, I extended that olive branch and I kept firm on my boundaries. So if for some reason he sent a message to me that was not aligned with the way that I would like to be spoken to, I was very quick to say, I would appreciate if next time you speak to me, it does not include this language. Mm. And I was just very firm. Again, it's going back to like choosing yourself versus trying to make everybody happy. It's not your job to make everybody happy. So in this forgiveness piece for me was choosing to forgive him, even if he's not willing to do it for himself, that's fine. But this is about me because if I decided to keep harboring that pain and that hurt, the only person I'm hurting is me. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, so, yeah, I think that's like the yeah. magical key of forgiveness yeah. is that a lot of us, yeah. I think it's common in hurt and anger and frustration to insist that we're not able, ready or willing to forgive. And like you said, you just carry all the anger, hurt and frustration for longer. And that's so not productive. It's not. It's, so not that and, it's easy to yeah. surrender it and give it up and forgive, but at the same time, it's like what well, one's going to allow you to move forward. Right. Exactly. And that's what that taught me. So when you are, you know, so going back to your question, for those who are dealing with someone who may not be at on board for any of this, you know, including the forgiveness piece, this is for you. This mm-hmm. is not for them. Right. And sooner or later, they will start to see the shift in you and how you respond And then that will change your relationship and how they show up in your space. Because now they understand the boundary of how you want to show up in your world and how they will need to show up for you to hear them. Right. Because you're no longer going to tolerate the ranting, the raving, you know, let's say, you know, explicit language on text messages. I mean, it's abuse. Yeah, the abuse. Exactly. The abuse. So you're no longer going to tolerate that. And that's how, so, you know, and then, you know, going to my second divorce, right? My second divorce was much different because, you know, we were in a place where we were friends and we realized, okay, this is not working. You know, he wanted a divorce and he was very patient with me. So I was not for the divorce and I was really sad about it, honestly. But he gave me, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, can you just give me some time to just be able to process this? And so he gave me, you know, a full year before we Mm -hmm. filed for divorce. And I was really grateful for that. And we honed the skills of co-parenting there and moved through that so that that way we could really show up for our daughter. And that was something that I'm grateful for, to be able to have a person that I can co-parent with that is very much involved in his daughter's life. And it really helped me then actually mold the relationship between me and my first husband so that, I mean, yeah, so me and my first husband so that he can show up as much as he can in his capacity for his daughter. So, Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's super yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about co-parenting and how you show up 
or come to the table as co-parents, especially if you aren't on the same page. Because I think that, you know, when we think of the context of co-parenting today compared to like when my parents got divorced in like 1980, 1979, mm-hmm. 1980, mm-hmm. it's so, so different. And yeah. there can kind of be this I think that there's a really positive spin on it. I think it's progressed and evolved in a really positive direction. But that's if you have two like eager, willing participants who are ready to show up in the best interest of the kids. And I think that often that's not the case. Or even Mm -hmm. when that is the case, just because you are different human beings and you've had some tension Mm -hmm. in the past, there's just going to be times where you don't have the same thoughts, ideas, values. So let's talk a little bit about co-parenting, especially in the face of co-parenting with someone who you're not on the same page with. And how do you show up? consistently in a positive way rather than falling into patterns of, you know, anger and resentment that you've had in the past. Absolutely. And this too is kind of near and dear to my heart because I think for myself, when I think of helping women through divorce, I also think of the byproduct of what the kids are able, the children, you know, who are innocent in all of this, who are now going to grow up and be adults, right? So co-parenting is a very, very big piece of my passion and part of my program for clients who have children. So the way that I see it and the way that I've been successful in it, especially with a co-parent who's not necessarily on the same page, is one, it is communication. So first things first is when you you have a child with this person, you've now decided to divorce. I think one of the first steps in picking up the pieces portion of my program is let's talk about how we're going to navigate this relationship. So regardless of whether the person is upset, pissed off, this, that, all the emotions that come along with it, at the end of the day, when we put the child first, usually, and I've, you know, I haven't had an experience that has not happened yet, we're able to at least sit down and talk about it. Now, does a complete visitation program get set up at that particular moment? Maybe, maybe not. But we can at least open the conversation. I think what I've seen more so in the past is that we don't have the conversation and we assume Mm -hmm. or we're just, you know, thinking that the person's going to be really upset about it. Then it becomes this instant fight or turmoil that just keeps breeding versus coming to the table with like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about doing, you know, every other weekend and a weekday? Does that work for you? Or what do you think about? And then I think once we come to the table with those solutions, then it's like the defenses drop. It's like, oh, okay. So you're not going to just take my child from me. You're going to let me see my child. You're not trying to be like this mean person that's going to just run away with him or her. Right. You know, so I think that because there's a level of Also for the spouse, there's a level of fear there, right? Because now let's say, you know, the woman or the man, someone's decided to get divorced. They're like, they're also going through, this is one thing too. This is like a little magic piece. They're also going through the same emotions we are, except they hide it way better Mm -hmm. and they choose not to show it. And that's another piece here. So that's what's helped me with my first husband was when, you know, originally everything went through the courts and there was this big to do, you know, because he was so mad. And then once we got to 2015, where we just sat and had a conversation, like, hey, we have a choice now. Do we want to keep making the relationship difficult or do we want to just try as humans and as adults to make this relationship what's best for our daughter? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we sat down at that moment, he was like, okay, well, this is what it's been so far, you know, with the every other weekend situation, you know, I really like to have an additional day during the week. What do you think about that? Okay. And then, you know, we just kind of worked it out, you know, now actually with my move most recently, you know, we were able to change the schedule once again, and we were able to do that because it, it benefits not, you know, benefits both of us and my daughter, you know, for the going back and forth and for school and things. And we were able to have that conversation because we started the conversation five years ago. Mm -hmm. So what I can offer for people who are going through this with someone who's upset, and that's what it comes down to is they're just, they're just mad. They're just upset is understand where they are, like meet them where they are, validate their feelings of being upset and fearful and afraid and just let them know that it doesn't have to be this way. We can choose to make it the way that we want to make it as parents because we are now adults and we can make these choices. So doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. It could right. require, you know, more than one conversation. Right. And in my experience with helping, you know, my clients, at least by the second conversation, they've been able to at least have like a rough draft and get through, you know, the pain and the anger because you're meeting them. You're no longer saying like, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do what I want you to do because all that's going to do is meet resistance. Right. And that's what your husband and or spouse is expecting. He's expecting you to tell him. And so he's already mad. Right. But if, right. But if we, but if we meet them where they are and acknowledge the, and validate, now we've taken down those defenses yeah. and now he's like, oh, we're equals. Yeah. Right. Because we are. Right. We're equals in this. Right. That makes so a lot that's, of sense. Yeah. So that's what's really helped for me and what I feel helps with my clients as well. I want to talk about the stigma of divorce. I mean, we can talk about this in a greater context, but I'm also really curious Mm -hmm. for you being a woman who's been divorced twice and you have children from three different relationships. I'm imagining there's a lot of comments that people might have about that. (laughs) Well, and and I'm curious, (laughs) like, have you had reactions? Have you worried about reactions? Like, what is your identity around that? And where do you see beyond yourself then, where do you see us as a society with that? Because I also have to give some context to this question. Mm-hmm. I thought of this the other day, I was with Vinny and mm-hmm. I don't remember how this even came up. The conversation around divorce had come up like a day or two earlier and then we were mm-hmm. somewhere out in public and he was like, well, how many times do most people get divorced? And I was like, well, it depends. And I don't even remember where we were, but there was like a lot of people listening. I was like, well, it just depends. And some people don't ever get divorced and some people get divorced one time and some people get divorced more than that. And I'm like, I feel like all these people are staring at me and I don't know what the right, like, there's not really a right answer for this. And I also did not want to be judgy at all about like, if someone goes through four divorces, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. But I was like, is it weird if I'm like, people just get divorced whenever they want. It's fine. <laughs> right. I mean, so, you know, it was it's such it's a funny so question. So I'm that kind of made me think about this in yeah. your situation. So I'll let you take it. Oh, from my there. gosh. No, it's so true. It's so true. It's like, you know, in 2018, right, divorce rates are upwards 40 to 50 percent in the U.S. And it's not that it's, you know, because I don't want to ever say that divorce is a thing that is like 
you know, something you should do. Like you shouldn't get married to expect to get divorced. Right. right? right, right. So I think, you know, I'm a wholehearted believer in marriage. You know, I'm still, you know, a romantic. I think that, you know, with the right partner, you know, marriages can last forever because at the end of the day, it's a partnership if you find the right partner. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, but I think that the stigma itself, I think it is really interesting you know, back in the day, right, it was like no one ever got divorced. And if they did get divorced, they didn't talk about it. And they got married rather quickly right after to like usually someone that their, you know, family member knew to just kind of hook them up with because God knows you couldn't be a single woman, you know, a single parent. You had to be married, quote unquote. But I think now what's interesting about it is that for me is, you know, especially choosing to have you know, three children by three different relationships. I own it. Honestly, I own it. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I do. Because you know what? At the end of the day, the way that I see it is, and let me take a step back. When I originally was going to get divorced from James, I'm not going to lie. I definitely had that thought in my mind that said, oh shit, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to now be twice divorced. Holy moly. Like, and now I have three kids. Like I'm going to be totally, um, what did I say to myself? Like unmarketable. Like I would never find another like relationship. It was so (laughs) ridiculous. The nonsense that went through my mind. So I get it. If there's anybody out there going through that, you know, but you know what I realized when I came out of that, right. Became the observer. I was like, you know what? I am owning this shit. I am like an allow myself to be an awesome single parent who is thriving, who is, you know, doing this financially pretty much on her own and is, you know, creating a life for her and her children that, you know what, when my daughters are now able to go out into the world, they're going to know that they can have a relationship that is loving and kind and appreciative and a partnership because that's what I want them to see. And they're going to know that they don't need, that's the big word here is need a man and or relationship to feel whole and or worthy. So that's the way I see it. I think that if you end up with, if you end up at a world that you end up getting divorced, it's okay. It's just part of your journey. It means that the relationship that you were in has now expired and it's time for your next chapter. And that's what I tell my clients. It's like, and that's my big message is that, you know, I want to help women break through divorce so that they can start their new beginning because this is the next chapter. It's not the end. It doesn't mean like, oh my God, what do we do now? It right. means that now we get to try something new and we get to evolve as Absolutely. humans and as people, as parents. Absolutely. So. And I think anytime you own something in a big way, the energy around it shifts in a way that you attract the people that you want into your life and you attract the opportunities yes. that you want into your life. So I love that. Okay. This has been awesome. I know that I'm going to have people who are going to want to follow up with you. So I want you to tell us where people can find you. Then I want to know how you're a shameless mom. So let's start where people can find you and how you connect with other women and work with them. Alrighty. So people can find me on my website at livebydesign.me. And then also you can email me as well at Liza, L-I-Z-A, at livebydesign.me. And then the way that I work with other women as well is I have one-on-one coaching programs available and I am having some availability right now as well. So if anyone would like to email me and title it shameless mom, there'll be some special promotional pricing available for you. So So I will have, I'll have Liza's information all in the show notes, including her email address. And then you can just reach out to her and use shameless mom in the email subject line. 
if you want to connect about how to work with her on a deeper level. Okay. So with all that said, how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? So this is also a super awesome question. I'm excited. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I just sent my 17 year old to college and she was, or is, you know, straight A student and had a free ride to ASU. And she decided that that's not what she wanted to do because she wanted to study business and wanted to go into LA to do so, so she can get into the big city. And so I told her, I was like, if that was something that she wanted to do, I thought it was important for her to understand financial responsibility. So I made sure that she applied for a loan because I feel like we as parents need to also allow our children to make conscious decisions for their future. And if she really wants to go to this school, then she needs to see what that's going to cost and how that's going to affect her in the future. And you know what? She decided to do it and she's doing great. And I, as a shameless mom, say yes, you got to empower those kids and let them do their thing. Totally. I love it. What a great example, an exciting example too, thinking of her and sending her lots of luck on this big transition. Liza, this has been amazing. I so appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm around a topic that can feel heavy, but you approach it from a really, I don't want to say a light place, but you approach it with light energy, which feels really good. And so I'm just so grateful for you and your work and delighted to have had you here to share your story with all these shameless moms. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited as well. And this has been amazing. I'm very grateful for this time and space. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. 
I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.